Hey everybody, you're listening to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast where we talk about everything local and beyond. I am John Yamasato, your host, and joining me today is Mr. Kashi Mubukuro, How's it? Devin Nikoba, and our special guest, Mr. Sean Pimentel. Sean, hey, thanks, thanks for joining us. We have oh, a little house. Way, that's on, right? That is on. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Yeah. Because we, I don't want to have that big eye thing that you get when oh, you yeah. have to record. Nisa, something. can you double check to make sure that the <laughs> video is running? I think it is. Before That's we begin, John's daughter, by the way. Yeah. Before we begin, let me remind all of our listeners the ways they can stay in touch with the show. There is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. You can go to SoundCloud, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts uh, to download the show. Please rate us five stars while you're there, like some of the others who have done so. Thank you all. Thank all you. For being do that. Thank you. Uh, finally, you can email us at highsessions at yahoo.com, or if you would like to help the show get more music on the channel, please go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com and donate there you'll be more involved with the show help to select the artists that we can have on all those kind of things i'd like to thank our newest patron ellen Ellen. thank you ellen for uh, becoming a patron and then lastly you can find devin on kumu 94.7 in the mornings or on the web uh kyle highlife808.com for all of the uh great shirts and brand stuff and backpacks and anything i don't know textile (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I guess there's a word and um, also we want to thank Nolan Hong for hosting us over the weekend and on his podcast Hanging with Nolan Hong we did a live stream Facebook podcast which was our first which how'd was you guys like that was it fun that was unusual yeah it was definitely something different because it was live and people could comment and things like that but um, <laughs> so good comment but they didn't really because <laughs> we only had well, eight well, people well, on the whole time. Well, it's the first one, right? You're always going to be kind of like, you know, apprehensive of doing things on on the first one. So I think I think we'll do it again. Yeah. And when we do, we'll let everybody know that we're doing this uh, live stream podcast. So Nolan's great because he was able to technically set it all up. I don't yeah. know how to do that. Yeah. So. Thanks, Nolan. Oh, that's that actually Jamie that did all the technical stuff. Yeah. So thank you. We're gonna have Sean come on next time. Yeah. I'll set it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So before the show started, we were talking to Sean about uh, a new project that he's going to be working on starting tomorrow with Kamehameha Schools. Yeah. And how, how do you get involved in all of that? Are you just tied because you're an alumni, they call you back, and they want you to come back and help? Or I, I think so. That's part of it. But um, So through the pandemic, um, I've actually pivoted our business over at the studio and started doing – it started with like live stream um, music stuff that we were doing, and then it kind of pivoted into doing – more music um, and like scoring, sound design stuff for like some film and TV things, and then um, doing field recording for some projects. Oh, I um, see. And then yeah, so with Kamehameha Schools, I, I think it's just because um, they're familiar with my work, and I, I went through that whole uh, program. And so this year, well, they they did it last year actually. They did uh, song contest virtually. They did? They did, mm-hmm. yeah. But it wasn't the contest. So last year's uh, theme was Aloha Aina. And the cool thing about it, because um, Lehua's son was a senior at that time, Kalamakua. And what they did was they took a bunch of the kids and they put them in cohorts. And then they had like a, a mentor come in, like Kainani Kahona LA or um, Anu Inui Punua. And they wrote the songs last year. So wow. all these songs are brand new original songs about wow. Aloha Aina. And so they worked so hard on it, and then we had this whole pandemic, and so they weren't able to um, perform them. 
So what they did was they made these little like uh, what they call seed videos or reference videos of the um, just the senior class. So the men's, the women and the co-ed and they sent them out to the kids and then the kids submitted like uh, iPhone videos or iPad mm. videos. And then we put them all together. <laughs> oh, brah. And wow. uh, yeah, and so it was a virtual so. thing. Yeah. So Ooh. that was a, that was kind of crazy. It was more Mikey and um, Zach Lum that spearheaded that one last oh, Zach, year. Yeah, yeah. And um, Zach Lum is no longer with Kamehameha because he wanted to go back to school. But um, so he's um, not part of that part this year. So now it's just me and Mikey. And this year we're doing nine songs. Oh my gosh! And so the kids, um, they already signed up. Whoever wants to participate, and I think they have like close to six hundred kids that signed up. <laughs> and how, how is the editing process on six hundred kids? Though? Exactly crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So tomorrow, the next three days, what we're doing is we're shooting um, the concert glee um, because those are the kids that are kind of like the core, you know, of each class, and and they really familiar with the songs. So we're filming them. Um, with OEV TV and then we're doing all the audio and then what we do is we break them up into parts we send the, the kids the video oh, this and is then, your they, part. then they submit their video watching that so oh. that they sing in sync with it oh my gosh and then we get all 600 submissions back and then we have to vet them because you know sometimes we get ones that are like chickens crowing and you know dogs barking <laughs> buses going by you know all kinds Kinda of like things like this podcast yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, inappropriate things hanging up in the back, you know, yeah. and they can't so, use it. So. What happens if there's something that got in the way of that first take? Do they get a chance to do a second one or they're just cut out of the video? No, because of the time constraints and I think uh, they only have like two weeks to put in their submissions. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's pretty tight. And so mm. you, you pretty much get like, I mean, they have two weeks to work on it. So I would hope that they go back and like, you know, look at them and go oh, was that good? Or, you know, mm. did this work? Or was it noisy? You know, be able to kind of figure that out on their own. And then we get all the submissions and then we put them all together. And uh, yeah. Wow. And so it's, that was a beast. And then on top of that, we're doing, um, so the Hoike part of Song Contest, which is the part where they um, tally up the scores usually. Mm -hmm. And then they have the, like a sort of a hula show, um, you know, with, with music and all kinds of stuff. And that's, what I like, everyone thinks is the highlight of the evening. It's always like, what are they going to do this year, right? Yeah. And so they have a really cool concept this year. But instead of doing it like uh, just filming it in the gym or anything like that, they're doing them um, on location on different. We're shooting them. We're oh. taking them outside. And we're shooting different things to help tell the story. And um, we have, um, I'm working with um, Kiala Lucero. Um, he's a graduate as well. And Taisanga, who are, he's a great uh, director and producer. Um, we've worked on other TV shows together, but um, Kiala is bringing in like all the big wigs. Like they're doing a bunch of like CGI stuff. Wow. They're doing like wow. like some really crazy, crazy stuff. So they started shooting yesterday, and he's bringing in all his colleagues that he's worked on like Marvel stuff, um, Jumanji, you know, Five O, Magnum, all these things. And so there's some big cats in the room yesterday, and so we're doing the sound design for that as well. When does this air? Uh, right now, they're looking at May seventh. On yeah. um, just your. I, I think it's gonna be on Hawaii News now. Oh, Hawaii News. Yeah, now. yeah. Okay. But I'm sure after that, it'll probably be on the internet. So between six hundred people, you gotta get all that done by May. Uh yeah. Ooh, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> yeah. Now with the six hundred people thing, is it 
visually looking looking like just a big ass Brady Bunch kind of thing or Zoom kind um, of call? Or I, I, we kind of leave it up cuts? to the directors. So, um, Weavy, not Lehu guys, um, uh, Bryson Ho guys, they're doing the song contest part of it. And then Kelly Lucero guys and Tai Sangha guys are doing the Huiki part. So, Weavy, we're shooting tomorrow and we kind of leave it up to them, you know, to have creative. Uh, you know, um, what do you say? Like, yeah, to yeah. to kind of to do what they want to do with it, and so I'm not sure what it's gonna look like. I mean, it, I think it's gonna evolve. Um, I think the beauty of doing these things is that, um, you know, we're using technology to, of course, stay safe and to still, you know, highlight the kids and and do other projects. But I think after everything opens up, like this is just gonna take everything to a new level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because you can't mm-hmm. just go back to like doing the live thing. You know, yeah. it's like like virtual it's graduations. Cool, where's the, where's yeah. the mountains? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it, you can't just go back to like, okay, we're back in NBC and then like now you guys are on the stage. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, there's never any sort of like backdrop kind of props or anything, you know. Yeah. They might put like some plants and some flowers on the stage, but... So COVID took it to a new level. Yeah, everything, everything. And so I think that um, it's awesome because, you know, we're all learning new things. We're learning how to evolve and um, really take all these productions to a new level. I mean, mm. I think live music is the same, you know. You can't just go back to like, sit in the bar and sing like we really like now everybody's gonna want to live stream their mm-hmm. live gigs mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. because the people That's at true. home aren't gonna want to come out or they're just kind of spoiled you know like I want to stay home and watch you you know <laughs> sure. I know my girlfriend's parents are I mean not that they're spoiled but they'd <laughs> rather not have to come to like a you know a loud restaurant or bar you know where they can just sit at home and go oh well, I can just watch you guys from our yeah you can room. put it on as background music too you don't have yeah, to yeah. be sitting right there right yeah yeah so totally <laughs> you don't have to be paying attention or anything while they're singing right. <laughs> bars and stuff like that restaurants that have live performance on the weekends would have like a subscription base thing right. online where you can mm. monthly well, just I've, watch I've been thinking about like that right? for a long time right. Because right. on the Blue Note, you could. S- yeah. Hey, didn't we're, they do a virtual on the Blue Note? We're doing, yeah, we're doing the virtual stuff at Blue Note too. So we're doing the live streams. We did um, Justin and Anuhel's one last yeah. week. So we're doing the um, video and the audio along with um, Hawaii News now. So um, Michael Harris is directing that. Um, and the uh, director of film is um, Kili E. Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're doing the audio for that as well. And that takes it to a different level, you know, as well. But I think um, now it turns every music venue into like a live stage, you know, live sound stage. Yeah. So I think, I mean, the opportunities are endless, you know. And Actually, you know what I think is going to happen now is there's going to be gigs that there are no live streams. And those are going to be the ones that you want to bring. Right. Yeah. Those are going to be right. like special. Right. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah. No one is filming this one, you know. Exactly. So now you, gotta, you, know, you have to like know how to pick and choose which ones right or like That's no right. this one's not going to be live stream so now john and sean um, yeah somebody needs to create a hub online to host all of these events yeah. that are happening every weekend right 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 so you go to one thing online and you can get this buy a virtual ticket or buy a like virtual a pass ticket and you know, boom they'll yeah. just stream you yeah the performances and again, definitely comes up with the brilliant idea yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he and looks you at guys John like, and he goes, go ahead. And John is like, I don't want to do that. It sounds like too much work. Yeah. <laughs> so so as mu- it as needs to be done. Yeah. And and it's great because now we're doing it out of necessity. But I think later on, it's going to, again, just, you know, take it everything to a new level. Yeah. So I remember doing COVID when everybody started popping up and doing live performances in their house. Mm-hmm. Like you guys did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you would literally have to be lucky to find it online. Like, yeah. oh, it's live, and you go on and you listen to Capen or you listen to John or yeah. yourself and stuff like that. 
I was hoping back then somebody would start some kind of hub where yeah. anytime somebody's live well just, Hawaiian Music Live was yeah, trying to do that yeah mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so they would kind of call and kind of try to keep up yeah. on all the musicians yeah. when are you going to do a live and then they would it's tough yeah but it even the rough. live streams have become like the gigs nowadays where like people don't come out and so people don't tune into the live stream so I see these guys that are doing them like every week like religiously yeah, and yeah, the yeah. numbers are going down yeah. or even when we do them and, and I think again people are spoiled because it's like the bar gig that you do every week you know like mm-hmm. ah nah he's there every Friday like we don't need to go mm-hmm. and then when you stop doing it then they ask you like oh where are you playing you know so right yeah 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 I always get that uh, oh where are you playing I'm like right. I play every weekend exactly, videos, you know? exactly. <laughs> or they look at your views and they go like oh you got 25 thousand views you think that oh twenty five thousand dollars you know like yeah. uh no more like sixty dollars <laughs> you know like if you're lucky yeah. right yeah and we have a crew of eight guys you know shooting this thing and doing all the audio so uh. yeah sixty dollars doesn't go very far but um <laughs> so I, I think everybody got burnt out you know from mm-hmm. doing that you know and, and nobody's really tuning in because a lot of things are open now so yeah but I, I wish that and i have tried to advocate for that you know to s- support the live music by doing that i mean even if it's a dollar you know, if all right. twenty five thousand people put a dollar in, yeah, yeah, for yeah, that like that's yeah. true, yeah, yeah, you could eat, eat for a year, exactly. <laughs> we wouldn't need poor, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, so you're one of the f- few musicians, and we've had them on. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of who else came on, but there's been musicians who have been real. Um, you know, the pandemic has made them uncreative, but mm-hmm. then there's people who have been real creative. Like um, I was with Nathan Abiel. Mm-hmm. What day was that? Monday, Monday, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, what you been up to?" He's like, "Oh, I recorded another album, right. you know, while I've been kind of just hanging out and like, yeah." So some guys have been real productive. So, mm-hmm. what was your motivation besides um, not starving <laughs> to be? Because you you're one of the guys who like you like you said you pivoted and kind of switched mm-hmm. a business plan, and you guys have been working mm-hmm. and busy mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I think the the creativity um, gives me life. You know, I think being cooped up at home. Um, and, and not doing anything about it or trying to be proactive about just your life. It's not just about your work or, you know, your career or um, your passion. It's just, I think, every day, like, that's just always been my motto. You know, I mean, you know, seize the day. Do, do as much as you can. Today could be the last day, you know. We have friends that are our age, younger, a little bit older, that are just, like, dropping. Or yeah. We lose yeah. them, you know, tomorrow. And I don't want to be that guy, but I don't want to say, like, I wasted today, you know. And so... Um, that that's really the, my main motivation, you know, and and then trying to motivate others. It's like I don't want to make it about me, you know. It's like oh, look at what I'm doing, and so I'm not doing stuff and then keeping it secret or going like, no, I'm not going to tell you how to do it, you know. So people call me and they go, how did you do that? And I'll tell them like, oh, this is the setup, you know, this is how we do mm. things, yeah. because I want to inspire them to do it. And, you know, there's a lot of people that don't want to share their, their plans or their secrets or their process because they're afraid that, oh, that guy's going to do it better than me and then now I'm going to be out of a job. Like, I like when people take it and do it better because then now I need to do it better. You know, like, it just keeps pushing us to get better right. and better and better. Right. So, that, yeah. that's what my movie. It was just amazing to watch the progressing, the progressive um, performances of how things just kind of progressed during COVID. Yeah. Like, I remember watching Kelly Boy Dilema's... Um, first concert sideways because they oh, didn't yeah. know how to turn the camera <laughs> so you're watching it sideways the whole time and oh, then bro. you know everybody's just figuring so it out funny. dialing it in yeah. and we were there to witness the whole thing and it, <sighs> and from what it was back then to what it is now yeah. it's incredible we were super lucky because Kelly e grace um 
I had worked with, with him on another project for the census like the year before. And so, um, you know, we worked on some things and then um, we were already doing, like I think we started in March, me and Lihua, and it was like, everything was locked down. We said, oh, let's just go to the studio. Let's do a live stream. Everybody is super scared to come out of their house. Nobody wanted to be around each other. I said, as long as you're only around you and your kids, I'm around me and my family and my kids, I think we're safe, you know, we're good. So we went to the studio and it was like iPad, like how you said. And like, we didn't even know how to get the, the sound into it. We just, <laughs> I set up a monitor and like, I actually was watching Justin's. They did one uh, from Nashville. And at one point, Kobe was like, sh like going like this with her camera and she went boom and she went by the setup in the front. I was like, that's how he does it. He puts a separate <laughs> oh. mic over the monitor. Because he only oh. has, and then I was like, oh, that's sweet. Because then you don't have that direct sound, yeah? It's not like if you're going through a mixer and then you have this direct sound going right into your device. It sounds like too present, yeah? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have that like kind of warmth of the room and everything. Mm -hmm. So I saw a setup, so I called him. I was like, bro, I saw what you did. And I was like, that's brilliant. And he's like, well, I actually only did that because my thing only has two channels. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, but it sounds good, you know? So I started doing that. And then... The same thing, we had to figure out how to, you know, do all this stuff. And then I think we we're like four shows into it. And then Kili called me, he's like, why don't I bring my camera? So I was like, okay, shoot. And then we had Barry Flanagan on that week. And and the studio, there's me, Jack, Ofoya, Lehua, and Barry. And I was like, oh, we're like kind of tight already because he brought like four cameras. And I was <laughs> like, oh, I didn't expect this and lights. And then it started taking off from there. And then we went to um, HPR and we shot at that um, Atherton studio. Yeah. They let us use it for a few weeks, and then we went to Kavaivai, and then so then we had Hawaiian style band, we had Naleo, we had all these big groups, you know, and it was so much fun. And then Lihua had moved away um, to Vegas, and then she came home during Christmas time. They said, "Oh, let's do one um, from Hawaii Theater," and mm -hmm. so I said, "Shoot!" So we, we shot one there, and um, Kili put like he goes, "Choose like some of your best moments from your favorite moments from all the shows that we do." We called it Malie Sundays, right? Okay. Choose like some of your favorite moments. So we were we went back and watched. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" This is like how you said the first one was like, <clears throat> "I was like, is this thing on?" You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like Lehu was like. Sorry guys, we're, we're trying to go on, and then I was on, like the mic's like Jack, one two, like you know, and like just walking around, and it was like totally like out of frame and everything, and it was so funny to go back and watch it, like how ghetto everything was, and then how it's come to like now we have like lights and cameras and yeah, well, it's pretty even, amazing. Even yeah, back then, in the beginning of COVID, everybody started buying equipment, so oh, like yeah. our mm -hmm. our crew, our high sessions crew, is like you cannot get a black magic, yep. you know, whatever. Yep. It is yep. all. Manufacturers can because yeah. the manufacturing shut down too, right? Yeah. So then, everything I bought like interfaces, I bought switchers, I bought yeah. all kinds of stuff, and I had to search. I was like, oh, BNH Photo, you know, but I'm yeah. buying audio stuff from BNH Photo, <laughs> right, 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 you know, right. So, yeah, but it it's it's great. It's great to learn all those things, and I don't want to do video. I mean, I bought cameras and all that stuff. I only like to learn those things so that I can understand from the camera or the film person's point of view what they're doing so that I can speak the same language. So mm -hmm. I can tell them, you know, when you're shooting it like this, um, mm -hmm. can we change the aperture? You know, can mm -hmm. we do this? Can mm -hmm. we do that? Like, mm -hmm. you know, audio guys, we don't know that kind of stuff. Sure. Or, I mean, even like all the cabling is so different. I was like, yeah. what's a TA3 cable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I don't know yeah. what that is, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah, they learn all these things. And 
but it's been great. It's been John great. had a pretty simple setup when you started doing your live stuff in your in your yeah, house. And yeah, it sounded yeah. great. No, it I works. Know, I, I just had a monitor did. facing mm-hmm. me, and then I would just put my phone like right in front hey. of the monitor. Hey. So then the the sound would just come straight into the phone, and yeah, people, people kept calling me like. Oh, what kind of mic are you yeah. using? What kind? Yeah. I'm like, bro, I just got. To, I'm literally like putting the phone right next to my yeah, yeah, yeah. my monitor. It sounded great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. iPhone, man, who who would know? You know. Yeah. No, yeah. things sound great. I mean, I think the iPhone to a certain degree sounds good, and then if it's too loud or if it's too soft, then it then you know. And the reason why we do uh, like a podcast like this, and I just don't use the iPhone, is that I can adjust the volume, right? Mm. We can't adjust an iPhone. Whatever goes in there, it's right. it's just gonna it's spit it, it out yeah. how it is, right? Right, so. right. Now you got a good setup over there. Yeah, it thanks. Works, man. So Sean, the last time we talked, it was the day after Kobe Bryant died. Back oh in, my gosh, um, that's right. Back in February of what, 2020. 2020. Mm-hmm. And a lot has changed since then, man. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you dealing with, I know you had de- dealing with the traveling and all that during oh, the yeah, times. Oh yeah, I saw that. And you went through a lot of trials and tribulations through that. Oh, that's right. I saw you on the news yeah. talking about it and yeah. stuff. Yeah. You've been very active and vocal about, you know, the struggles mm-hmm. about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, how has it been lately? It's It's been a little easier. I don't know if the uh, quote-unquote system, you know, is getting better. Um, of course, the numbers are dropping, which is great, you know. And so when we were going to take that trip, we got offered this trip, which like I think four other groups or five other groups didn't want to travel. And at that point, I was like, man, I want to work, you know. And so yeah. if, if this... You know, I have to be the uh, sacrificial lamb to, like, figure this out. I mean, maybe I get sick on the plane. I don't know. But it, I, I had this idea of I'm going to get on the plane. I'm going to show everybody how difficult or how easy it is to do this whole thing and how safe it is. I was going to, like, shoot people inside the plane, show if they're wearing their mask, you know, all these things. And then I got on the plane. I was like, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, like, I just wanted to make sure I was protected. Like, we were wearing two masks, you know. Um, and, like, I had gloves. I mean, I didn't wear the gloves but i brought rubber gloves i bought like lysol wipes about everything and um i just wanted to make sure that we were safe first and then when we got off the plane i wanted to show everybody okay it's safe you know we're gonna be able to travel and we're gonna be okay and then i was like nah i'm not gonna do that it's just too much work and then we started trying to test to come home yeah and then that's when everything started to get like oh man I think I should document this. And then when I started doing that and showing people at home, then they're like, wow, I did not realize. And I didn't want to throw anybody under the bus, but um, you know, you guys all saw how that unfolded. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, man, you want to go toe to toe? Here we go, you know? And so I'm going to call you out on your stuff because I would hope that if I'm not doing my job, somebody would do the same, you know, just to help. Mm-hmm. And that's really was my intent of that. Um, the first text message was, like, hey, if this would work, you know, like, it would help everybody, you know. If you guys would just, like, if we could add these people onto the trusted partners or whatever, that would work. And then it turned into, like, why, blah, blah, And I was like, whoa, bruh, you know, like, I'm... so then it kind of went the other way. But I was like, <laughs> you know what, I'm still just going to document it. And it just didn't get any easier. And then even getting home, thought, okay, once we get home, it's going to be okay. And it just, it got harder and harder. And I was quarantined for, like, another three days, four days. I had missed yeah. work. Um, I, I was supposed to do some other gigs. I couldn't do them. Um, Pono missed work. Um, you know, she was supposed to do some things that she had to turn down. And so, um, again, it was just documenting it. So the bottom line is to keep the community safe. Yeah. And, you know, you, know so. well, you, you are one of the ones that follow the rules. How many other people out there yeah. that had to do with this mess going, yeah. you know what? Yeah. 
yeah. F it. I'm just gonna just do what I need to do already because I can't rely on yeah. No, what's I, happening? I you know, know that there are people that did they bypass those things, but what I was thinking about was if my parents were in this situation right now, um, or you know people of their generation that had to deal with trying to log in on a device get into these things or figure out what the trusted partners are or do the testing i was like there is no way like i mean i you know my girlfriend i'm not but she's college educated <laughs> she's getting a phd she's the smart one i'm the street smart guy but i figure like hey we're like you know we got some common sense we can figure this out yeah and it was really difficult yeah. it was, and so i can't imagine people that kind of struggle with those skills would have a hard time you know or people that aren't tech savvy uh, i can't imagine them going through that so that was another reason i wanted to document it so that they know oh this is too hard and i, and I had people that said you know what that's too much i i, I cancel my trip yeah you know mm. i'm glad you actually did that and, oh, and you documented because it, it really helped to see mm. how hard it was to, uh, to navigate yeah. through all that whole thing yeah. you know well i got a ton of calls too like even now, like, hey, so why go for a test? Mm. Oh, uh, you know, like, even when Justin was coming home, you're like, oh, uh, so how you fill out this thing? And, you know, like, we want to make sure they got, oh, where's the QR code and all this yeah. stuff, you know? So I, I said, man, we should, like, start, like, a consulting business, you know, and, like, the safe yeah. travels thing. But it's yeah. still very confusing because everything's changing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. We don't know, like, yeah. oh, do you have to test for this? Oh. Yeah. So you got to test going away to the other islands, but you don't have to test coming back, like, yeah. Yeah. What? What? Just if you if you know what are the rules right now? Because I I didn't even know we were with Justin earlier. I'm like, do you have to test to go back to the mainland? Yeah. Said, no. But yeah. But uh, it's just a you have to you test, have to test if you're coming, coming into here. Hawaii. Okay. From right. the continent or you know international, and then if you flying to another island, you have to test. Oh. But still, yeah. if you're flying from that island back here to Oahu, you don't have to test. But now that if you get vaccinated. You don't need to get tested, right? Which is kind of iffy because they don't even know if you once you vaccinate if you can carry it over here. Or not. Right, right. You could still be, um, you know, a carrier yeah. of the virus. Yeah. So, so. that could get kind of nuts too. Yeah, and so I mean, I know. So that just the to be clear, coming to Hawaii, any <laughs> island from outside of Hawaii, you got to test before you get here. Yes. Once you get here, do you have to test again, or you're good? Uh, I think it's best to. Yeah. Okay. So I had family Kauai, members Kauai that. has that right now. Right? Yeah, yeah, but you know, okay. they're going to do a lot of with it. Kauai oh, really? and Mokuke on Hawaii Island, they, yeah. they had the second test. But I think the governor is overruling that and saying like, no, you don't have to do that anymore. I see. Which I think Kaokami is awesome. <laughs> I think he is great, yeah. you know, just keeping people safe. Um, it doesn't benefit him. You know, it benefits yeah. the people. Yeah. But um, yeah, so... I think when you get here, you should wait another four days and then test again just to be safe, mm -hmm. man. You yeah. know, especially if you're coming home. So, and that was my big gripe about the testing coming here. So, if you, I didn't think we were gonna get into this, but if you go onto the Safe Travels website or you call the number or anything like that, it says Mahalo for choosing to travel to Hawaii. So that already tells you that this is not set up for Kamaena or for Kanaka that are coming. Uh, yeah. Everything is set up for people to come here as, as visitors. Mm. Even now, like I, I traveled to uh, Maui the other week to shoot something and it was the same thing. Going through that, it was, you know, oh, so when did you arrive in Hawaii? I was like, oh, like 1972, like, <laughs> you know, like, but you know, things like that, you know, and, and they go, come on, like, we should take care of our community first or, yeah. you know, have a special website for us or at least change the, 
you know, the language so uh-huh. that it, it, it's inclusive of us since we are the priority, you know, mm-hmm. so. Or at least we're just, supposed to be the priority. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's just my thoughts on that, you know, so. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, it's just good information to know because, yeah. you know, a yeah. lot of people, actually, a good portion of our podcast listeners are not, they don't live here, reside right. here, mm-hmm. but they, you know, they tune in to hear mm-hmm. about Hawaii and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if they are going to come to visit, then they, at least they know where to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they do come to visit, they got to make sure that if they go eat, that they don't use DoorDash, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We just gonna we gonna bring I, them all I up. Did, we just bring them all up. We just let them all go. I, I was reading because I was doing some. I'm like, what are we gonna talk to Sean about? Recon. <laughs> you know, tomorrow I'm like, oh, what is this DoorDash? Yeah, so what is this DoorDash and all this? Okay, well, well I've been reading from my my friends that work in the restaurant business okay. that uh, the food delivery services. Um, because they charge such high fees yeah. that the restaurants really don't make out, you know, and um, they actually some there are businesses that lose money off of that. But isn't DoorDash? I always thought that DoorDash and all these companies buy the food from them outright and then jack it up on their end and deliver. Is that I, true? I think that they are. Um, so they, from from what one of my friends had posted, um, he said, you know, normally like the restaurant. When they sell something, they can make their profit like 20 to 30 percent right off of that. But because DoorDash or um, you know Uber Eats and all those Uber Eats are taking that, yeah. that's that service fee that right 20, there. 30%. So you can't jack up you know the full price, so they be paying like you know 50 percent more. Yeah, you know, mm. so they're eating into this the restaurant's profits. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's how they work out that that agreement where they say we'll do this for you, but you need to give it to us at this price and so yeah like how you said you know they're they're buying it out but then they're jacking up their prices right yeah and i mean the service has been really tough i don't want to like harp on the delivery guys because i know everybody's working hard i even at the beginning of the shutdown i thought like bro what am i gonna do you know Mm because this was before like pool was even thought of and i was like oh my gosh like all my gigs got canceled tours got canceled I actually signed up to like go and drive for Uber Eats or something like that. Mm. And um, I, I just thought, well, I mean, if this is the way to make a living, and I know some people need to do that, you know, so I'm not trying to take away from them. I know the delivery drivers, everybody has like bad stories and horror stories about how the food was late. My food was late the other day. And, you know, I, I have some bad stories about that, but they were <laughs> cool about it. I talked to the support and they, they refunded me the money because two and a half hours late. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. After calling, after it was an hour late, and then them telling me, oh, it's, it's been picked up. They text me, actually. They said, oh, no, um, it's, it just got picked up. It's on its way. And I was like, okay. So then I wait, and then I, you don't see the little driver moving, right? Like, it's not moving. So I text again. I go, uh, they said my food was picked up. And then the next person's different name says, oh, it was just picked up. It'll be there in five minutes. Uh. I go, Oh, it's amazing because I live 15 minutes away from the restaurant, and I don't think you can make it for five minutes. I think it's gonna be amazing, right? And the guy's like, "Well, if you need anything else, just let us know." And then he left the chat, and then the <laughs> third person came on like after like two hours, and I was just like, "This is too much already." Uh, wow. But they were very accommodating after, but you know, I I know that everybody's again. I don't want to harp on the drivers. Everybody's trying to make a living and, and doing their thing, and <laughs> I have yeah. not used uh, either Uber Eats or Bite Squad or any of those things. Yeah. Yet. I, I love that until I realized the price you pay for that. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. We don't do it like because we're lazy. I mean, it's we did it at the beginning to support them, you know, and we thought mm. that we were supporting the restaurants like anybody else. Like, oh, we're buying from these guys, you know, like it's helping yeah, the restaurants. Yeah, yeah. But after hearing it from my restaurant friends, I say, mm-hmm. no, 
you're not you're actually kind of hurting our service so mm. it's better to order directly and then go pick up i Be- see because and what's also been what's also been happening that's bad is now because people can go and eat at the restaurant the people eating at the restaurant and the people who come in to pick up the food mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. are having a hard time getting their food because the DoorDash guys, the Uber yeah. Eats yeah. guys, they all these priority. guys all are jumping oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. line, yeah. right? That and I so, know, yeah. because at W&M that happens a lot, you know, where you're waiting for your burger yeah. and then the, the whatever guy comes and it's like, oh, yeah. wow. This and it's like they, they, they stop everything to give the guy the food to get him out of there and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, California Pizza Kitchen was like that, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like that yesterday. Yeah. The day before yesterday, yesterday, the pre- oh, president said, yeah. yeah, it was like that, like yeah. backed up. Yeah. You know, yeah. And nobody got their food like two hours later, three hours later yeah. because. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy, bro. Yeah. It's crazy. And Chinese New Year. Chinese oh, man. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. It was crazy yeah. this year. So yeah. I, we didn't get our Chinese food. We oh, ordered man. it early and never got it. What? It's wow. hard, too, because everything's closing earlier now, yeah. too. Like a yeah. lot of things yeah. are closing at eight o'clock. You know, yeah. Yeah. we were in Waikiki the other night for um, Justin and um, Anuhiadam's show too, and it was hard to get a table anywhere. You know, yeah. So it was like an oh, hour and a half, half wait. Capacity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Any wow. port, anywhere you went, it was like an hour and a half wait. I was like, oh my gosh. So holy moly, we ate at the ABC store. So <laughs> Waikiki in general, do you see it back? Getting back to normal with the tourists and all that. Was it kind of crowded that night? Or it is. It, 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 it is busier. Locals? Uh, I see some locals. I think it's uh, a lot of visitors. Okay. Um, honestly, I loved it when it was locked down because <laughs> I was mm. surfing in Waikiki every day. Yeah. yeah I loved imagine. it. I loved to see what happened to the Aina and to the ocean when everything was locked down. Waikiki mm. was crystal clear. It was, it was the beautiful. Water. Right. Mm. I had, there was days that I had one huge uhu like this go right underneath my board and I was right in front of the shirt and other pops wow. Wow. and I seen every day out there there's a pot of dolphins out there like 50 mm. of them jumping I see more turtles than, than I've ever seen choke fish we go out to like Hunananiho on Waimanalo side the water was like crystal clear like Tahiti blue wow. it was so beautiful and I thought this is beautiful this is um, you know what Makahiki is for for Hawaiians, it, it is a time for the earth to replenish. Mm-hmm. It's a time where you don't pick, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't um, partake of. That's why you can't eat certain fish, you know, because then it lets it replenish. You know, yeah. it's it was kapu to do certain mm-hmm. things, and I was like, what if we had this makahiki season every year? You know, like two two months, you couldn't go like Honama Bay. Look how yeah. how beautiful yeah. it is. You know. Close it down, you know? Close down some of these. I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that too. Especially if Hanuma Bay is meant for specifically preservation of wildlife. To reserve, exactly. Then you you, you don't take money during a certain part of time and make the wildlife come back and replenish and grow. Right. I mean, that's what you should do. Right, right. And just to protect the resources, you know, everything. So. Yeah, when when the lockdown was like full lockdown, like we were, I don't know, late March or April, I had to do something like in. Kaneohea or whatever and I was coming back to Hawaii through Makapu and all that mm-hmm. and they were doing construction on the road to Sandy so you had to turn around at Makapu point and then go all the way I had to go all the way back and probably and you go around but I got I pulled out over and then because I wanted to talk to the cop like oh how come I you know what was the thing so he explained to me I'm like oh okay but I, I was at the Makapu point and I was looking out and everything was so blue and like and there's nobody on the beach right because everything was shut down it's all yeah. closed and i thought oh man this is this is nice it's gorgeous you know? it's gorgeous yeah no so i i totally agree with with that yeah i, I mean i wish there, there was a way to incorporate that you know or allowing like locals to 
partake of some of these places that we can't get to because you know it's overrun with tourists you know like like mm-hmm. Hanama Bay like I haven't been to Hanama Bay like, since I was in high school because mm-hmm. there's it's always packed there's mm-hmm. never parking yeah. it always mm-hmm. closes right. uh, they close the gates because they only allow so many people which is great all for that but I was like what if like on Saturdays like one Saturday a week I mean one Saturday a month they said oh hey only you know Kamaina can come in like how beautiful is that that we can partake of mm-hmm. some of these things you know yeah. ideas like that you know, Shut down Waikiki and just make it local day right, over there. Right, 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 right. Lava <laughs> fights, I guarantee you. <laughs> Only locals can surf. <laughs> I've never been to fights then. I've never been to Hanama Bay. Really? really? Wow. Bay. You should go now. That's my claim I heard to it's fame. It's beautiful right now. Yeah. yeah. No, but but I've it's been so long that I, I'm kind of keeping the street going. It's your badge of honor now. It's my my thing now. Like Didn't how you grow up like right there. Yeah, yes. I grew up. I grew up right yes. there. I've never been to Hanama Gosh. Bay. Yeah. Jeez. So that's my thing. But nobody's gonna give you an award for not going. And like, gone. that's like uh, <laughs> when I tell people I've never seen the movie Grease. Everyone uh, freaks yeah, out about that too. Grease. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I don't know. I just like that Shyamalan Ding Dong kind of movies where they just sing the whole time. Yeah, I know, but that's just you. Oh wow, John. I guess John too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not into musicals. Mm-hmm. You're not into musicals? Yeah, for a musician, uh, I'm not. I don't like musical movies. You know, mm. I want to get to the story. I want the action. You know? <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, Sean, I had this, I had this at thought and this question for you because I think you'd be a foremost expert on this. Oh, gosh. So, so this might be a dumb question, but let, let me see where this goes, okay? All right. So I'm going to give this really generic um, timeline of Hawaiian music starting from 78 because that's oh, kind of... Okay. okay, so we had the, you know, like the Peter Moon era in my mind, which is like... Hawaiian songs that were then starting to be composed on, you know, like more modern instruments, right? Mm-hmm. So like guitars and ukuleles and, and uh, bass, you know, electronic. And mm-hmm. then we got, you know, as we got into the 80s, into the late 80s, we had the uh, Jawaiian, mm-hmm. you know, thing that came out. And mm-hmm. it was like, um, you know, Hoaikane and Kapena mm-hmm. and those kind of, that, that kind of thing took, took the music scene by storm, if mm-hmm. I can say that. And then you had like in the mid '90s, you had a kind of a return a little bit to Hawaiian in the sense of like Kaylee Raichel mm-hmm. and uh, Makaha Sons were were a big deal, and they toured all over. And then even like uh, from my perspective, the um, Dancing Cat kind of revived the Slack Key yeah. thing, and those guys all kind of went out and became that new new sound. Mm-hmm. And then you had. Uh, in the 2000s, this really incorporation of hula with Japan. Mm-hmm. And so you have a lot of the um, ale'as of the world and, um, uh, man, uh, shoot, Nick's band. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is their name? Oh, Keoho. Keoho, like yeah. th- those kind of bands. Mm-hmm. That's come out. So that, I feel like that genre has kind of like, kind of moved Hawaiian music forward or mm-hmm. the scene. Mm-hmm. What do you see as the next thing or the next mm. kind of, thing that's going to take move move it forward is it going to be back to a reggae thing no. or um is it more hawaii you see more hawaiian stuff being pushed out there or is it going to be contemporary i mean people now can do pop music and mm. incorporate the mm. hawaiian stuff in there i think the country thing is getting really big oh you know? the country is kind of something that like there's always been a fan base for country here um mm. and i think it's with the history of poniolo here as well but um it's really deep now because country music is so big, you know, across the states and whatnot. Um, so now it's like a, a like a new style of country that's coming out. A lot of people are writing country music here, wow. which is nice because it's a twist on 
living here, almost like uh, like modern day Paniolo, you know, like um, Kalai Parish. You know, okay, he's, okay, okay, okay. he's writing these songs, and and um, when he brought them to me, um, and we started recording them, I said, you know, it's I I knew him from doing like reggae music before. And then when he brought his country stuff, I just thought, oh, he just jumped in on this country bandwagon. You know, this was a few years ago. And then I listened to his stuff and the way he sang it. And I was like, there's something different about this, man. But it's because he really is a paniolo. He, he has a ranch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And he, he breaks in horses and he does all the stuff, you know. <clears throat> and he runs a cattle and all that stuff. So I was like, well, that's really cool. But um, I think that <clears throat> I'm hoping that that will inspire a lot more like folk music again. I think that's something that is always timeless um you know this is the really great singer songwriter thing well that's the thing like for me uh, the we the reason why i fell in love with hawaiian music and whatnot it was because you know in the kyle creator boys era mm-hmm. it's all stuff you can play and you can you can mm-hmm. everybody can sing along and yeah. everybody can kind of play along it's yeah. it's not super over the top and yeah yeah you know yeah. i th- i think that um as much as we use <clears throat> aotearoa <clears throat> new zealand as a model of culture and language and all these things i mean even uh, political um stances um and their independence um i would say like you know we're like 30 years behind aotearoa you know we watch what we're doing now like like punanalo you know came from kahangareo you know their their language schools their language nest and so all the things that they're they're doing like in 30 years we're going to be doing those things so if you look at their music scene they're really progressive with like r&b gospel and um and fusing um, their their language into like R and B and and gospel stuff. Well, more more on the R and B sort of thing, and so they're like kind of hip hop and R and B stuff and like almost new soul um, music came out. Like I want to say like in the the late nineties, I started hearing some artists from there like um, Shefu and these guys that were like, wow, this is really really progressive, but it's it's because um, their foundation in the language and the culture is so much more uh, so much more um, how do you say what is pa'a like connected or like grounded yeah and now we're starting to see that with like Josh Tofi you know he's taking like an R&B yeah. spin yeah. on on the language which is beautiful we see other stuff uh, I mean like Komokiwa Kanako Ole and, and it's very cutting edge it's very um, worldly in a way that when we tour that stuff and we do uh, music festivals in Canada or you know across the states or in Australia um, in in Aotearoa, people are like so drawn to it because the music sounds familiar, but they're like, "What is that language?" You mm. know, and so our language is it's so awesome that we can go places now and you can hear people speaking. And before, when you walk in and you hear somebody you know speaking, and you, you turn around and you know who it is. Now you don't know, mm. you know, and it's mm-hmm. so awesome to hear that every day. We speak it every day. And because of that, it's affecting the music. It's affecting the lifestyle here. It's affecting how people are getting back into the Aina and stuff. So from a musical standpoint, it's going to be a lot more accepting of doing different things with Hawaiian language. You know, we couldn't do those sorts of things like 20, 30 years ago. You know, like I, I wanted to do some really cutting edge things 20, 30 years ago, but I don't think our language was um, stable enough to do those things. And I think that at the time, the kupuna would have looked at me like, what are you doing? Like, we got to go. Mm. We're not even on score two yet. You know, like mm. we're still mm. basic, basic Hawaiian. And now some of the Hawaiian that you hear is so poetic and so beautiful in our daily lives and our daily practice that now we can take it and run with it. You know, because we have 
what they consider Manalel speakers, like um, fluent speakers. We didn't have fluent speakers um, for years and years. It skipped generations because, you know, we're forbade to speak the language. Mm-hmm. But because the first graduating class of Punanaleo, um, now those guys are 38 years old. Um, we have Manalel speakers, you know, that are 38 and younger. And these guys, they're not translating English into, into Hawaiian and then creating music. They think in Hawaiian. They right, dream right, right, right. in Hawaiian. Mm. And so all those things are Hawaii. Those things are what we, what we embody. So we don't have to like take English ideas and then try to Hawaiianize them. They are Hawaiian. So even though they're very progressive, um, these kids now in, at the immersion schools, you got to hear that they come up with their own words. You know, it's kind of huh. like huh. like new slangs. Yeah, like, you know, and uh, whether they be like Ebonic slangs or like street slangs or those sorts of things, um, English slangs, they do that in Hawaiian now. Is it kind of like a mm. new pigeon? No, it's it's brand new words. Yeah, they're coming that's up. How, with, that's they're how making you know up the, words. That's yeah. how you the language is yeah. alive. And exactly, and it that it's it's that. thriving. Yeah. It's evolving yeah. because they cannot like uh, say like kanawika for a sandwich. Like that was just an, uh, a Hawaiianized version of English sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. It's really like oh, a meat between two pieces of bread. Mm-hmm. You know, but now it's so much more descriptive. You know, it's all these things like computers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like. We used to just say Kamepula, mm-hmm. you know, before, but now it's Lolo Uwila, which is electric brain. You know? oh. Yeah, yeah. And so being able to kind of break those sorts of things down, but now you have new devices. You know, we have new, right, 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 new right, right. gadgets coming out and you need new words for these things. So they're coming up with new words, they're coming up with new slangs, they're able to watch like hip hop videos and talk about, you know, artists and, and, and describe that in their own way. And they come up with like brilliant stuff I mean they're fifth grade and they're coming up with these words and you're just like I would have never thought of that is there somebody <laughs> compiling these words as norm now like they're how, trying how is that to done, you know? yeah they're, they're trying to so um, Pono she works in the office of Hawaiian education which is in the DOE it's right under the superintendent and so their their uh, office really compiles like uh, all the assessments for you know DOE, which is like a whole nother podcast of how that works, but doesn't work. You know, for for certain reasons, not to get too far off, but like science, you can't just take curriculum like that's English science and then translate it and then go here. Mm-hmm. Now go teach that in the Hawaiian language speaking schools because our thought process of science isn't chemicals it isn't looking through magnif- you know ma- microscopes and all these sorts of things our science Hawaii science is navigation hmm. it's farming it's you know all these all these things you know um, say you know um, fishing you know those sorts of things that's science and so that's why a lot of our Kanaka children cannot wrap their head around like English science, Western science, because we're not built like that. Mm-hmm. We think like this, you know, and this is how we learn through generations. This is actually perfect because I had one more question for everybody. So we're, we're getting toward the end. So I'm going to pose this question to everyone. We'll do a quick answer for, for everyone. Uh, I was reading an article yesterday that senators are suggesting students be taught courses that will prepare them for real life scenarios, including financial literacy and how to buy a home. So they're proposing it's it's a little bit more of a, like a real life class, okay? Yeah. You mean like home ec? I was gonna say it's just like home ec, but if there were one subject that 
you feel should be taught in school that's not math, science, English, your standard, whatever, what, what subject do you, would you think? And I'll let any of you guys go first. You go first. Why? Because I'm the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're the oldest. <laughs> um, probably credit and how it affects your life. Credit. Okay. So um, credit. That, so financial literacy, basically. So yeah. You, you would kind of yeah. go along with this as financial literacy. Because yeah. uh, my, my niece just has a, has a new job and she thinks the money just starts flowing. Oh, oh I you see. Know? And yeah, I, remember yeah. in, I remember in high school, I never learned a, what a credit card was. I got a credit sure. card when I was in college and I, I, I spent like $5 on it. And then they sent me a bill and I said, oh, I didn't ask for this. I'm not paying this bill. And then I got a collection notice like <laughs> three months later and I went, what is this for? And it screwed up my credit for years. Mm. And they never explained that to you. Like it's a $5. It was, it was literally, no, not five. It was like a $20 bill. And I could have easily paid it, but I didn't just because I was young and I was a dumbass and I didn't know what affecting your credit means, right? Or building your credit or any of that stuff. Mm. You have no clue about it. And if you, no, ask my not, wife, if you ask my wife to this day, I still don't know what the heck credit is. <laughs> That's why she pays all the bills. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kyle, what, what do you think? <sighs> you know, I don't know if it exists yet or not because I'm not in school. No lo- you know, I'm no longer in school, obviously, and I don't have kids. But I think maybe in a class to teach social media, as much as I hate it and love it, it's, the, it's a new platform to do marketing and promotions mm-hmm. for your business. You know, or and even like what not to do on social media. Yeah, like exactly. Post, uh, and, and the consequences yeah. of going too far with certain things, you know, when you throw it out there and it's and it's forever out there, mm-hmm. you know, mm. um, it's a different world we live in now. And I think they, that the kids nowadays need to learn the, the repercussions from that, that mm. accessibility of that kind of media and that kind of form. That's yeah. not a bad one. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I, I'll go before you. Let yeah. you think a little bit longer. I'm still thinking, yeah. I, I would have gone with, with Devin's, but I guess mine would be like, um, maybe like time management, mm. how to mm. utilize time. Because I think a lot of kids, when you're young, you feel like you have all the time in the world, right? Yeah. And so you don't, I, I always tell young people, you know, you need to be deliberate with your time. You know, Sean is a good guy who's very deliberate with his time. He doesn't spend a lot of excess time doing nonsense you know everything has kind of a purpose well, i've been so binge watching Grey's anatomy so. <laughs> oh, great. that's wow. a good that's a good one to be <laughs> you got you mean from the beginning seasons. beginning from the beginning i never watched wow, it yeah. you really? got 17 yeah, seasons yeah. bro so don't tell me what's gonna happen i'm like well, i think all i'm gonna say is the longer it got they yeah. jumped the shark five seasons before no they did thing. not it's I an excellent but i fall asleep like every third one so then i wake up i'm like i have to figure out what's going on again but whatever it's hard to binge that one but yeah all right, okay, Sean, you end us off. And then we'll I, I don't know. I think, um, and, and they're already doing this, but from our Kanaka Lahui perspective, it would just be Aloha Aina. It would be mm-hmm. farming. Oh, it would yeah, be yeah, teaching yeah, kids good. how to like, take care of, like, grow food and then prepare it, eat it, you know, feed, feed other people. They mm-hmm. should spend a week with Paul Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> that, guy, that guy is amazing. Yeah. You yeah. ever walk around his farm with him? No, I haven't. Oh, I haven't, he's yeah. uh, yeah, he knows a lot about plants, man. And yeah, and I've seen his videos and stuff, but I, I think when they they'll appreciate, you know, everything that they put into their body, and then they'll figure out, you know, what what's good for them as well, and learn to eat stuff that they probably don't want to eat, you know. So mm-hmm. I read that in a um, um, this one forum about how do you get your kids to eat vegetables? Yeah, and they said, yeah, grow them, Shoot, teach them how to grow it, and then when they they see the whole thing happen, and then they pick it and stuff, and like, okay, now taste it, you know, it means like, more, yeah, yeah, they really appreciate it, and yeah. then they start eating it, you know. So 
I wish, you know, I, I did that when I was younger, you know. Excellent ideas. Yeah. Good job. We should run this state. All right. <laughs> we're going to take a break. <laughs> and uh, we'd like to thank all of our regular listeners. We're going to break into our Patreon where Sean and I are going to play a song. And um, I'll talk a little bit more, whatever. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Yeah. We'll see you later. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. We'll talk Hello. to you later. Bye-bye.